So we're up to Ice Dalid. In the last class in Ice Gimel, we discussed the Shkias Hachama, the setting of the sun, on a Kedusha level, on a holy level. We said that everything here, even those things that appear negative, ultimately have to have their source in Kedusha and holiness. And that's what this Mimer is exploring for us, is all of those apparently negative aspects that are connected to the lighting of the Menorah, Mishatishka Chama, Rigla de Tarmudoi, Bashuk, these things which are apparently reflecting something not positive in the lighting of the Menorah, the sunsets, the feet of the Tarmudai, this uh, nation which is connected to rebellion against Hashem, and the Shuk, the marketplace, the outside, we're going to see how all of these things are reflected in holiness and have a source in holiness. And that's what we did with regard to the setting of the sun, that the setting of the sun has its source in holiness. Its source in holiness is the sun of Atsilus, which is the of Atsilus, as we discussed at length last time, as it's setting into Malchus, as it's pulling down into Malchus and getting enveloped inside of Malchus. And when it becomes enveloped inside inside of Malchus, that's how, and we quoted the Pasuk from Kehelas, it's pulling towards its place, because what is its place? Its place is not in Atsilos, despite the beauty of Atsilos. Its place is going farther below into the next world of Bria, and then Yitzira, and then Asiya, until you have this physical world of Asiya Gashmas, this physical world that we live in. And that's that takes place. The way that this occurs is through its setting into Malchus of Atsilus, and then from Malchus of Atsilus going and shining, shining from Malchus of Atsilus down into the following world. That's the holy setting of the sun. Now we're going to discuss the setting of the sun as it's reflected below, not in the most positive way. Let's read inside in Dalit. Sure. Just a very quick question. So when we said, so we've talked about before that the Shekinah is represented through Malchus. So how can it be that it sets from up into Malchus? What is that? What would that come to? Because the the Seder Hishtalshalos, as it occurs in the world of Atzilus, it goes from Chabad, and in Chabad itself you have the Hishtalshalos, the the way that it's following a step-by-step process from Chochma to Bina to Das, and then from Chabad as a whole, it goes into Chagas Nei, that's Za of Atzilus, and in there you have also the step-by-step process, the links as they're going from Chesed to Gvur to Tiferes to Natsach to Yisoid, but that's Za of Atzilus as a whole, and then 
from Zav Atzilus as a whole, it continues down into Malchus of Atzilus. And it's only Malchus of Atzilus that then acts as a bridge between worlds that's connecting the world of Atzilus to the following world of Bria. When it starts in Chabad, is it technically a Shkina or is it a different entity and it becomes the Shkina once it passes through the Malchus? The, it's, it's only in Malchus of Atzilus that it's called Shkina. Because it's only in Malchus of Atzilus where it's taking this huge leap from one world to another world. From the world of Atzilus to the world of Bria. So it's only there that it's technically called Shechina. However, and this is discussed in Basiligani Tavshin Yud, on every level there is a certain focus on reaching from one level to the next level in order to reach lower, in order to reach lower, mm. because the ultimate objective is to not shine in the world of Atsilos, but shine in the lower worlds. And since that's the ultimate objective, therefore, even on a higher level, there is that aspect of Shechina. But the name Shechina is a name which refers to the world, to the level of Malchus of Atsilos. The concept of Shechina is a concept which occurs on all levels where in every single level there is the recognition, the appreciation that Mekaymai, its place, is not higher, but reaching low. Just like a teacher knows that if he's a teacher, if that's his Metzius, then his job is not understanding, but imparting. That's the Shechina. Now, when that actual imparting is taking place, that's the title Shechina, the label Shechina. But even where he's learning and understanding and developing an idea, the reason why he's doing it is in order to be able to impart it later. So over there, the aspect, the concept of Shechina exists as well. Does it have a definition when it's in those uh, higher attributes? What kind of definition? So like we, when we get to Malchus, we call it Shekina. So do we, what, how do we define it when it's in the... Uh, we, we define it as the level of Seichel and the level of Midas. That means as they are on that level. Like if we go back to the analogy I just gave you, a teacher who's sitting and studying, at the time that he's studying, he's not teaching. He's understanding, he's appreciating, he's recognizing, he's developing. He's building himself. But for what purpose? To be able to share it. So the divine presence is intrinsic to them. It's intrinsic in the sense that there is that ultimate objective. And that ultimate objective is to reach the following levels. But inside of that level, there is no bridge. The bridge is only in Malchus. The bridge is only where the teacher is standing in front of the classroom, talking, sharing. Clear? Yes, thank you. <coughs> okay, again, Good? V'yash Yeah. The idea of Mishatishka Chama when the sun sets lower still. In other words, Really, we're talking about where it's 
in its negative presenta- presentation. Until now, everything in the world of Atsilas is holy. It's so godly. Not even an angel can exist, as we said in the last class. So we're not talking about anything negative over there. We're just talking about the process of Seder Hishtalshlus. Now we're going to talk about something negative. And that's where the Lamata Yesu is coming in. And this is Al Hisavus Haklipus. That's when you're not just creating from Atsilus a world of pure godliness. You're creating Bria, a world of slight, very refined self-existence, Yeshus. That's in the holy level. When we're speaking about it in the unholy level, we're talking about where there is actual Hishavas Haklipas. There is a evolution of negativity, of Klipa, of darkness, of concealment, which is being resulted from the process. Can you explain to me what, what, do, you, what do you mean by self-existence? Self-existence means that I feel a certain identity or consciousness which is separate from God. It's not it's the way that Hashem created me. Hashem created me with a consciousness. And my consciousness is my own consciousness. My objective is to take that consciousness and not erase it, God forbid, because that would be counterproductive. That would be destroying Hashem's creation. Instead of erasing it, to allow godliness to shine through it. But the consciousness in and of itself is a certain yeshusness. Now that yeshusness starts to become developed in the world of Bria, the world of creation, where there is a creation of yesh me'ayin, something from nothing. You understand? Okay, again, back to what we're saying over here in Eistalid. Now we're discussing not just where there's this refined yeshusness that is being created, but where there is a more dense, a more dark level of klipa, which is being created. And that's therefore what the Maimer is calling a shkia, a setting, shaloi be'erich, that is incomparable to our dikdusha, to the light of holiness. You can't compare the two. What does that mean that you can't compare the two? Inside of Seder Hishtalshalos, you have gradual levels that, while incomparable in a certain sense, the world of Bria cannot be compared to the world of Atsilos. But nevertheless, they are, it is an evolutionary process. It is a process where you're evolving from something higher to something lower, and that evolution takes place with gradual steps of of Two, re, two aspects, really, which occur in every single evolutionary process, and that is revelation and concealment. And the revelation and concealment themselves occur in various levels. There's different types of revelation and different types of concealment in order to build this evolutionary process. But every single evolutionary process, whether it's an evolutionary process 
in intellect, whether it's an evolutionary process from intellect to emotions, whether it's an evolutionary process within emotions themselves, whether it's an evolutionary process within the world, within creation, within a species, whatever evolutionary process you're going to look at is always going to contain these two elements of revelation and concealment. And within that process, sometimes you're going to have a gap where you're sort of taking a certain leap which leaps are always necessary inside of an evolutionary process in order to develop, in order to reach an entirely new um, uh, stage within that process, right? But still you're able to see that you jumped from here to there. And that's what the jump from Atsilus to Bria looks like. It's a leap. It's a leap where you're, you're setting the curtains on the world of Atsilos, scene one is over, and you're lifting the curtains to the worlds of Bria, scene two begins. So there's a certain leap which is taking place, but in that leap, you're able to still recognize it's a continuation of the original play. You're still continuing within that process. This is very different when you reach Klippa. And the difference is because Klippa is not just a continuation of the play. Klippa is where you're completely changing everything. Because as long as the play is occurring, you have an audience and a showmaster and the, there, there is a certain structure and even if within that structure you have a developed storyline and within that development you have various stages and curtains falling and curtains rising and so on and so forth, but nevertheless you're still following a storyline. You're still following a certain evolution. You're still following a certain direction. It's instead of the revelation and the concealment happening like this, it's happening like that, and that's how you have the excitement of the evolution. But there still is some type of connection. When you get to Klippa, it's a shkia shaloi be'erech. It's a setting which can't be compared. When the sun emerges, so to speak, on the other side, on Klippa, it's an entirely different sun. You're looking at something very, very... I missed it, sorry. But the sun is going through Klippa... It's as it goes down through the colonies, or is so it, is eventually the sun enters into Klippa. The sun must enter the into Klippa. What? In in which in which world? In, 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 where, where in the, the world of Bria, there is Klippa, but it's so fine that you can't really see it. It's like completely. Um, negated by the light that exists in the world of Bria. In the world of Yitzir, there's a little bit more klipa, and maybe you could notice it, you could recognize it, but it's still something which is completely bottle, completely negated to um, the light of holiness which exists. Even in the spiritual world of Asiya, the klipa that's there recognizes that there's a concept of spirituality, that physicality is not where it's ultimately at. The klipa that exists in this world is very different. The klipa that exists in this world says, as Paray did in Ois Beis of this Maimer, 
that the Nile River belongs to me and I created myself. That's the klipa in this world of Asiyah. Uh, let me just, just to understand. You're saying that klipa is one of the pursuits. The sun has to go through klipa. It's not like it's it's the light is. If clear. the light, if the sun wouldn't go into klipa, then klipa wouldn't be able no, to I'm exist. Just, but this yeah. is one of the one of the one of the separators, right? It has to go through the. Klippa. It has to go okay. through there, because if it didn't go there, it wouldn't exist. <clears throat> but when it's setting into the world of klipa, it's it, it's emerging a whole new existence. It's emerging an existence which is completely separate from godliness. In other words, all of our all of our existence goes through it, so all of it comes out completely sick, right? It's not like part of it. Y- yes, but here in this world of Asiya Gashmas, in this physical world of Asiya, you do still have holiness. In fact. That's why we're here. We're here to make a dir to make a dwelling place below as we ended off a skimmel. We're here to allow holiness to shine through. It's where that holiness is not shining through that we're going to have that problem of a complete, where you have someone like Parai or Esav or Haman Harasha or Ahmedanijad or etc. etc. that are going to stand up and say that we're here and we're going to do whatever we want to do. That's the evolution which you're taking a leap which is Shaloi Be'erich. You can't see. It started over here and it's jumping and ending over here. You can't see the starting point from the ending point. That's klipa, when, which we're referring to over here in the Maimar. Not just a slight covering, but a covering which is so thick and so dark that you're not able to see where it originated. You're not able to see where it started from. And the sun needs to set into there as you keep asking. This is really what's Bothering you, as if I understand correctly, is the, the, this idea that the sun is actually continuing in. It is part of the evolutionary process. It has to be part of the evolutionary process. Because if it wouldn't be, it would never be able to come about. But the way that it comes about is very different than the rest of the evolutionary process. That's what the point of Shalei is. And that's where we're talking about a whole new stage. Now, the Mimer says, Umikivon, since, as we said earlier in in the second chapter of this Maimah, that kol ha-gavaya gavaya yeser, yerid lamata mata yeser, the higher something is, the lower it descends. And we said this about a wall of stones, that if you see that there's a stone that falls farther and deeper, then it's coming from a much higher place in the wall. So, kol ha-gavaya gavaya yeser, the higher something is, yerid lamata mata yeser, the lower it falls. Now this presents for us a very dizzying conclusion. When I say dizzying, I mean it could make us very confused to think about, very frustrated to think about. And that is that when we're looking at something which is really low and really dark and really not good, it must be coming from a much higher place. 
That's the problem with this conclusion. But that's what we're saying. Let's see inside. Hine the shining which takes place through this setting, it's a shining of a higher light. Gam even then the shining shall hanal that takes place through the setting which we mentioned earlier, the Shemesh Havaya Datsilos of the son of Havaya Vatsilos. In other words, we said earlier in the last paragraph that when the son of Atsilos is setting into the the world of Bria, Zayreyachusham, that's where it's really shining like the beauty of sunset that we discussed in the last class. That's where it's really shining. That's where you're really getting the appreciation of the sun. That's where its place is. That's where it belongs. When we speak about the setting in a shaloi ba'erechtika way from this long process of evolution, but then taking this huge leap into the world of klipa, the shining over there is also a shaloi ba'erechtika shining, an incomparable shining, a shining which is from a much, much higher level than even the son of Atsilus setting into the world of Bria. I'm going to skip the brackets which are discussing a an idea which is a Kabbalistic idea which is not for now. The brackets continue until the next page, the top of the next page. So we're, we're continuing on top of page Chaf Ches, the fourth word on the line. Ukemaimer, as our sages teach us, in other words, this that our sages are teaching us is um, emphasizing this idea that we just spoke about. We just spoke about an idea that when the sun sets as a result of um, uh, the setting sun from from holiness to unholiness, from Kedusha to Klippa, you're going to get a shining which is an unbelievably higher shining than you can possibly understand, than you can possibly relate to from any earlier levels. And this we see also in a statement that the Zayar teaches us. And this is a statement which is a very fundamental statement to Chassidus. It's the statement which the whole Basi Ligani is based on. It's a statement from the Zayar that says, Kad, when, Iskafya, you bend over the Sitra Achra, the other side, Istalik, this causes a rising, of Yikara, the glory, the Kudsha Berichu, the Holy One, blessed be He, Olmin, in all of the worlds. This statement, this statement is the whole Basilagani. Everything in Basilagani is premised on this statement. When you 
bend over the sitra achrab. When you bend over, what does it mean to bend over the sitra achrab? To bend over the sitra achrab means to subjugate it to you. What's the sitra achrab? The sitra achrab is concealment of godliness. What's the other side? The other side is a place where godliness is not seen. It's a dark place where you're not able to see godliness. What's iskafya sitra achra? So we're familiar with the concept of iskafya, right? What's iskafya? Iskafya is, I have a plate of delicious french fries in front of me. Delicious french fries. They're crunchy, they're salty, they're warm. Everything is perfect about them. They're spicy, whatever you want. I have a plate of delicious french fries in front of me. Now, what, is the, what do these french fries say? They say, What? They say they need chocolate ice cream as a topping. As a topping, that's right. <laughs> just, but, but sprinkled just so, just like a tiny little bit. They, but really, what they, what their expression is, Their expression is that that I exist. I'm here. Eat me. Eat me. I exist. Why should you eat me? What do the French fries say? Why should you eat me? They don't go into a logical explanation of why you should eat them. You should. They're saying eat me because I'm here. What does eat me because I'm here mean? Eat me because I'm here means Eat me because I'm here means I exist, therefore eat me. I exist, therefore eat me? That, that, yeah, that's it. I'm here, so eat me. What's Iskafia? Iskafia is... So, in the extreme example of Iskafia, Iskafia is don't eat the French fries. Right? But that's an extreme example of Iskafia and not a necessarily positive example of Iskafia. Not always is that the best expression of Iskafia. In a more developed expression of Iskafia, you eat the French fries when you're ready for them. What does it mean when you're ready for them? It means when you went through your Aveda, the, your divine service in the morning, you woke up, you watched Negevas, you said brachis, you <coughs> learned chsedis, you davened, now you're ready to eat french fries. <laughs> it's a good breakfast, a nice healthy breakfast. Now you're ready, right? No. Um, now you're ready to eat french fries. But because you've done what you've needed to do leading up to it, that's a concept of iskafia. Another idea is you leave the last French fry on the plate. You leave the last French fry on the plate. Why do you leave the last French fry on the plate? Again, it's the same message. You're bending over the sitra akra. What's the sitra akra? The sitra akra is something which lifts itself up in an opaque way and says, you can't see through me. You can't see where I'm coming from. What happens when you bend it over? You're able to see what's behind it. You're able to see the light of godliness that's shining. You're able to see where it comes from. Sitra Achra, in its presentation, lifts itself up to block you from being able to see 
What's behind it? That's why it's called Klippa. That's where the name Klippa comes from. It's blocking you from seeing the godly source. What does it mean to bend it over? To bend it over means to not let it block. To pull it down so much that you're able to see the light of godliness. That it is attempting to block. So what happens? When you cause a skafia in the sitra achra, this causes that the light of godliness shines in all of the worlds. That you're able to see the light of godliness shining. But the point over here that we're bringing out is not just what I told you. What I told you is itself important. We're bringing out an even deeper point. Because as explained in Basilagani, when when the light of godliness is shining all over the worlds, we're not just talking about the regular light of godliness that goes through the evolutionary process. We're talking about a much greater light of godliness, a much more powerful light of godliness, a light of godliness which wasn't shining originally. And this can occur only through Iskafya Sitra Achra. Only by bending over the Sitra Achra are you able to then reach a light which isn't just going through the evolutionary process and stuck inside of the world, which in the language of Kabbalah is called Mimalekol Almin, the light which is inside of the world, but you're able to reach a light which is much deeper and much greater, a light which is higher than this process, a light which is called Seviv Kol Almin, a light which surrounds all of the worlds. Let's just read inside. Again, I'll start from this first line. And now the Mimer explains the Al through this. There is this Sitracha which is attempting to block the light of godliness. And how does the Sitracha come about? It comes about through this quantum leap from Kedusha to Klipa, which is and the parentheses al through the setting of sun of holiness that means true holiness setting and concealing itself inside of the process in such a deep way that now sitra achra now klipa is able to emerge and through the iskafya sitra achra vishapcha sitra achra through the aveda of iskafya and ishapcha because there's two steps in the process of, of Iskafia. One step of is, in the process of Iskafia is the French fries themselves are still saying, eat me, eat me, but I'm saying no. That's one type of Iskafia. Then you have Ishapcha. What's Ishapcha? Ishapcha are, is when somehow those French fries are no longer saying, eat me, those French fries are saying, nothing else exists except for Hashem. And that occurs sometimes. Like, for example, when you take wool, which the wool could be used for anything, and you make it into tzitzis. What do tzitzis say? Tzitzis say, tzitzis are saying, Hashem exists. 
Hashem runs the world. So you took a physical material, which the physical material in itself is just a material, it's klipa, which can hide godliness. And now it's saying, and so on and so forth. When you take paper, which is um, made from wherever it comes from, um, uh, it used to come from trees, but now it comes from uh, recycled uh, whatever. Um, and you take the paper and you write, you imprint a mimer on, onto it. You print a mimer onto it. Now this paper is saying, Ein oid movade. That's his hapcha. That's not just bending over the klipa so that the light behind it can shine. It's actually causing that the klipa itself is saying, And that the klipa itself should say, is really where you have the full revelation of this level of seviv, this surrounding level of godliness. Because inside of the evolutionary process, there's, remember, there's two elements in the evolutionary process. What are the two elements? What are the two elements inside of every evolutionary process which we established earlier? Concealment and revelation. revelation. Now, revelation reveals and concealment conceals. In those two elements, revelation shines and concealment holds back. When the concealment itself starts Revealing, that's a whole new dimension. That dimension where the concealment is revealing, that's the dimension which is brought about through ishapcha. And that can exist only when the concealment is so deep and so dark that it's actually saying, I am a self sustaining and self-existing creature and now it's saying no within that the darkness within that concealment that's where you're able to reveal something which completely destroys the whole evolutionary process if if, if i can say such words okay good that's the point which we're saying over here Again, when you have Eskafya Sitracha and Eshapcha Sitracha, Nimshach, you're able to draw down a Gilui or Naila Biyaser, a revelation of light which is much, much higher. Or Shalemaila Migeder Gilui, a light which is much higher than the concept and the Geder, than the, the framework of revelation. Because the framework of revelation is. That revelation reveals and concealment conceals. Revelation gives and concealment takes. That's the framework of revelation. That's the Geder Gilui. If you have the Klippa itself, the French fries itself, start marching as a band and singing, Yeah, they start singing that only God exists. Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly. Can you imagine a little band of, mar- of, 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 of French fries marching and singing? <laughs> when those French fries start singing, that's a whole new level. That's a level which is Lemay Lemigeder Gilui. That's already 
breaking the whole process of evolution in which you're supposed to be getting smaller and smaller and farther and farther, and suddenly you're revealing that in this farthest point, a point that required an ein erech, a bli erech, a, a quantum leap in order to be able to get there, that's the point where you're able to hear the loudest singing, the, you see the greatest, the, the, the greatest level of shining. The sh- a shining which is completely higher, which is the point that we're making. Just a second, sorry. That's why it's called istalik. We said kadiskafio sitracha. Istalik. Istalik means rises. But the word histalkos is a word which is usually used when you talk about the passing of a tzaddik. You say the tzaddik was nistalik. Why? So the simple reason is because his neshama rises away from the world. But the word istalik doesn't just mean rising away from. The word istalik also means rising within. Mm-hmm. But it rises within in a level that it's so incomparable to what it was before. A person, as he's living through his life, he's rising and rising, hopefully. He's constantly climbing upwards and building his holy godly presence, etc. When a person reaches that <coughs> next, next stage, a tzaddik who's lived his life, and he's going into the next stage, so then his rising is in a completely different level. It's in a level that's incomparable to anything that's called earlier. When we say, the glory of Hashem rises, it means it's so much more than just increasing. We're tuning up a little bit the revelation here in this world, because really what happens is, in Atsilas you have... 10,000 megawatts of godliness shining, and then um, uh, in Bria a little bit less, and in Syria a little bit less, and in Asir Ruchnes a little bit less, and in Asir Gashmas, you have just like the, the a nightlight, a four watt glow of godliness, right? And what, what, what happens when you do a mitzvah? Then you turn up that four watts to 60 watts. Great. <laughs> you have more light. Don't get me wrong. If you're in a room, a dark room, and instead of a night light, you turn on a 60 watt light, it's going to illuminate the room. It's not bad, but it's still 60 watts. It doesn't compare to the 10,000 megawatts of Atsilas. And if you're going to turn on a 10,000 megawatt light here in this room, then there's not going to be anything else. It's just going to be light. Everything else will dissolve. Right? So what do you need to do? You need to not just turn up the night light a little bit. You need to bring in a whole new type of light. That's what you're bringing here into this world. The world of Klipa V'Sitra Achra. That's why it's it's called the It's through this that we nishlama that we're able to realize, we're able to bring into actualization. This kavana, this objective that Hashem had, that He had this taiva, 
He had this desire. What was his desire? That he should live where? Not in the spiritual world of Asiya. Not in Yitzir or Bria or even Atzilus. Not even in Ak and so on and so forth. In, uh, in Arachampin and Zerampin and all of that stuff. Not anywhere there. Where did Hashem want to live? Here. In Rumbi. Together with us. In this world, in Maristan, New Jersey, that's where Hashem wanted to live, <coughs> in a place where which is Tachtainim, which is below. So yes, the setting of the Za of Atzilus into the Malchus of Atzilus is a fantastic level, which brings across the objective, the ultimate objective. But over there, it's all spiritual and beautiful and holy, and 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 it, it, it's 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 all with like this little um, background music and uh, twinkly lights, and it's all romantic and fantastic. Here, here is a world where you have the dirty diapers and uh, the vomiting of the sick children in the middle of the night, and so on and so forth. The the, the, the running around and the screaming and the the, the disobeying and the the tantrums. That's this world. It's not romantic and twinkly and exciting and so on and so forth. It's poyomamish. Roll up your sleeves and get dirty. That that's and this is where it's at. <laughs> this is where it's at. Not in the romanticism and twinkly lights. It's inside of the vomit. Mm. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Val yidei zedafka nishlama kavana shenis avak lishbarkuli slaysbarch debetachdenim. It's in this way specifically that we fulfill the objective of debetachdenim. Because the tachtainim is here inside of the vomit. Ubechdei shetushlam kavana zoy neshava metzias hara. In order that this objective should be fulfilled, that's why there's the ra in the world. Uh, here we're learning a mimer. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that uh, this will ease the pain and suffering and difficulty that we have from Ra. But we're learning it inside of a Maimer now. And inside of the Maimer, this is why negative exists. Negative exists because without negative, you're not able to have that incomparable, that Shaloi Be'erich light. As long as you're inside of the evolutionary process, you're stuck just with whatever the evolutionary process is able to develop. And the evolutionary process is just going from 10,000 megawatts to a nightlight. And the nightlight is soft and beautiful and comforting. And just that. You, you, you want to turn up, you could get from the nightlight to a 60-watt light, a 100-watt light, a 150-watt light, and you're suddenly shining brightly in the room. But that's where you're going. That's where you can get inside of Seder Shalshus. We're talking about darkness, not light. We're talking about darkness, 
ra, negativity, complete concealment, shaloi be'erich, incomparable. And that incomparable is that when that can start lighting, that means you're not just bending it over so that the light behind it should shine, but you're causing that it itself is shining, ishapcha, you're causing that it itself is shining, that's already a whole new level. Like um, Chazal say, with regard to the Pasuk, the challenges which we face bring out a Neira, a astounding level of godliness. Uh, well, Neira suffice with Neira? that for now. Neira, Neira, um, Neira. Uh, elevated, not Neira. It has the letters of Neira in it. The Zehu Shahaya Kadish Barakhu, Baina Elamis Umachrivan. This is this that it says. It says that when Hashem created the world, Hashem built worlds and destroyed them. I'm speaking to you all the time about evolutionary process. This medrash is one of others also, which literally describes a certain evolutionary process in the creation of the world. It says Hashem built worlds and destroyed them, built worlds and destroyed them until he built our world. That's what it says in the medrash. He built worlds and destroyed them until he built our world. HaKadosh Baruch he built worlds and destroyed them. So the Maimer explains What does that refer to? It refers to the building of the world of Tayu and breaking the world of Tayu. So the world of Tayu is the world of Tayu is a world of ultimate. The ultimate experience. Inside of this world of Tikkun, you're never able to get the ultimate experience. Because every experience is tinged with a certain confinement, a certain containment. Right? If you're going to do something wild and fast and exciting, you're going to have to put on a seatbelt. And so on and so forth. Everything inside of this world has a certain containment which limits it, which holds it back in order that it can exist in a world of Tikkun because we're a world where various forces which are conceptually completely contrary to each other coexist. And they need to coexist because that's how you're here through the coexistence of these various opposite contrasting energies, right? So everything inside of our world is going to have containment. You can't get 100% mashka. It doesn't exist. The highest you could get is, what? Zexanainzika? No, no, they're, Rabbi, I just wanted to, Correct. You. you can distill. You can distill alcohol from petroleum. Totally legal. It's, it's, a, it's 200 proof. 
and we I've had it in college. <laughs> we weren't supposed to take it from the from the chem lab. But is it basically that you go over to the to the gas station and instead of putting the gas in the, the car you put it in your mouth? No, 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 no. It gets distilled. Alcohol gets distilled from water and because it's water all you can get is about hundred and ninety six proof. Because there's always a water that attaches to the alcohol somewhere in there. But you can create alcohol from uh, petroleum products that is hundred percent alcohol. Was... Correcting you. <laughs> there was one chassid who used to who used to drink Lex and Einziker all the time, and uh, one time he had water in his lungs. He said, "You see what the four percent water does to you." <laughs> um, so you you can't have it all here in this world. You can't have everything here in this world because there needs to be some type of containment. The world of Taihu is a world where that containment was so thin and so that the light was ultimate. It was 100%. 100% light. And because it was 100% light, the container that it was in wasn't able to contain it. And the container shattered. The pieces of this container fell and the light itself retracted. Okay? That's the world of Tayu in a nutshell. The, 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 the container shattered, the shards fell down, and the light itself went up. But this is a very important part of the evolutionary process <laughs> because it's those shattered pieces of the containers of Toyo that allowed this shaloi be'erech dikke, this un- incomparable thickness and darkness that we experience to be able to be here. It's because there was something which was falling, not something which was evolving, not something which was going through a process, an evolutionary process, something which just fell heavy down below. That's where the darkness of Klippa was able to emerge, a darkness that isn't just a 4-watt light or a 2-watt light or a 1-watt light, but a darkness which is complete black, complete blackness. It comes from the shards of Taihu as they fell outside of the evolutionary process. And the objective of that, the Maimer continues, is Bichdei, in order, Sheha Adam, that man, man is the one who's supposed to put Humpty Dumpty together again. <laughs> and who is man? Atam Krim Adam, Adam Alien. You, Yidin, that's who we're talking about. The Yidin are the ones who have this objective to put the pieces back together. Because Yidin have an Ashama inside of them, which is a Chelek Alikami Mal Mamish, which is a piece of God. And our objective, we should fix them. In other words, not the light that just um, uh, elevated back to its source, but the light that fell below together with those shards, the little moisture that was on these shards that fell below, the Yisak name, we should fix them, we should put them back together. The Yalem, and we should lift them up. Al Yideh through our work. 
That means through coming down into the world and not eating those French fries just because they're sitting on my plate and saying, eat me. It's it's a hard job. It's fun to speak about in Chassidus class, but when they're actually in front of me, hot and crunchy and delicious and yankel, yes, with a sprinkle of of chocolate ice cream on top of it. Um, But when they're sitting over there on that plate and saying, eat me, it's really hard not to eat them just because they're saying eat me and to eat them only because there's something which are going to help me serve God. But that's the objective. Yisaknem, and that's how we are yalim, that's how we lift them up. Al through our divine service, al davka, This is specifically how we're able to complete the objective of dir betachtenim. The objective of dir betachtenim that we spoke about in the last chapter, where the son of Atsilos is setting into the world of Bria, that's where it's all romantic and poetic and beautiful, and we're speaking about the kids we're going to have when we get married and uh, everything is beautiful and and fun. <laughs> but the the clipa that we're speaking about in this is when the kids vomit in the middle of the night like Liba did last night, all over everything. And you have to change the bed and the her pajamas and your pajamas and that that's that's the clipa that that's the clip of this chapter. And it's that clip where it's at. <laughs> it, it, it's inside of the vomit. That's where it's at. Not inside of the, 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 the romanticism of Atsilos setting in Tibria. That's the end of this chapter. We'll continue with this chapter. Okay. So the shuddering of the Ramadan of the vessels Completely new uh, character of Klippa? Is, is it completely different, completely unique, a new type? It, it's separate than the other Klippa that you were talking about. It's, it's, it's what allows that other Klippa to exist. Because the other Klippa should never evolve inside of the process of evolution of Seder Ishtal How can that Klippa come here? How can a Hitler emerge here inside of this world? It's only because there was that shattering of Tayyul that caused those shards and the emergence of negativity, of evil. That chasm is able to be fueled only because of something that occurred before the whole process began. So actually above it. Above it, yes. That's the world of Tayyul. Rabbi, it says that we want to break the framework of revelation. I understood from that. that let's say, for example, standard revelation is like tire, right? Hashem came to us and said, this is the framework of the things that I'm telling you that will cause revelation. To fill in something that will very easily cause revelation. But when we break the framework, this is when we take something that's not like automatic revelation if we do it like french fries in which it's actually an avoided to make it revelation and say even this is revelation exactly okay. exactly that's that's the aveda the aveda is not just to make twillin the aveda is to eat french fries in a holy way <laughs> so then then the whole purpose of this world becomes even beyond excuse me becomes even beyond tyra 
Because now I'd say if we were just doing the base tire, base commandments only, this would not be totally fulfilling Hashem's will. In order to uh, fulfill Hashem's will, we actually go have to go above and beyond the call. Right. Is yes. Also, because they say to bring Mashiach, we have to do every mitzvah, and that's like the baseline. But is we need to go beyond that. We need to do the bira and etzaitzis. We need, to ref- we need to refine the sparks. Mm-hmm. To, to bring Mashiach, we need to refine the sparks. So the, the Rebbe told us, that we're already at the end of that process. But that's the objective that we need to fulfill in order to bring Mashiach, is the refining of all the sparks. And the sparks, they are here because of the shattering of the vessels of Tayyip. Because it was just the same material that was kind of re-put together. Yeah. The world but you want to reveal with Mashiach the Seviv light, the surrounding light, not just the light that's inside of the process. Quick question. So, as we have to eat french fries in a holy way, <laughs> and the question, because you said, for example, when we make paper and we print in my marmot, now the, the, the paper is. Screaming ain't no bother. And could be the same way if, for example, is a paper that I don't know, I use for work, but that the money that I'm going to get, I don't know, I have to make an essay or I have to make a business paper. But, but with that to, money, you're going to give tzedakah. Yeah. That's an even deeper expression but, of ain't no bother. But the paper, even, even though it has. Not a directly something printed. But it's so that's the difference between Bechol Drachecha de Ehu, know Hashem in all of your ways, and Kol Masacha Yil, the Shem Shemayim, everything that you do should be for the sake of heaven. Know him, Hashem in all of your ways is where the paper itself has the Mimer printed on it. Um, uh, use it for the sake of heaven is where you write an essay for school, but use the money that you earn to give tzedakah, and that's. Um, for the sake of heaven. In a certain way, when you're using it for the sake of heaven, then you're bringing an even higher level of godliness than when you're printing the mimer on the paper directly. Today, you said something that's new to me, obviously, a lot of things, but I keep... keep, uh, You mentioned that in the world of Atsilus, there's some form of klipa. I thought there is no separation. I, 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 but now you're telling me even more. You're telling us that there is sitrach even above it, uh, even higher than that, right? That resulted from the world of the... In, in the world of Atsilos, there is no klipa in the standard sense. That, you know, let me leave that. I'm going to get back to it. I have to run to get to my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's Hashem, I'll answer you. Okay.